Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Hey, Sean. Uh, out here on a Monday night. Uh, you know, we just came off after a pretty tough, tough loss there. Yeah, tough one. We uh, At the Ottawa Curling Club here, we, are, we might be able to hear, we are nearly live at the Ottawa Curling Club. And we don't do ties on Monday. We do a skip draw to the button if the game is tied after eight. We were tied after eight. Skips draw to the button. And uh, we put, we were able to, you know, we play front end here, Scott. We were able to sweep it to halfway into the forefoot, but it wasn't quite good enough. Yeah, not quite good enough. Sean, it looked to me like the other team's stone picked. Oh, it definitely picked. It was going long. We would have won the game, but yeah. their stone picked. Such bullshit. And, oh. and stopped. It's almost like the front end dumped their broom in front of it, which they didn't. But that's almost how the, the stone reacted. Oh, Sean, I think that's exactly what happened. It's but. one of those things where you wonder, as the team that wins, should you take the win in that scenario? I don't know, but that does tie us into why we are doing this episode, Scott. Big controversy over at the European Curling Championship there in Sweden. A rather controversial decision by the World Curling Federation that a lot of players are talking about, both certainly there in Europe, but in North America as well. Hasn't gotten quite the Twitter buzz as, say, Rachel Homan kicking off a burned stone in the mm-hmm. Olympic Games. But I think this is a more egregious situation than what happened at the Olympic Games and something that we should talk about. Yeah, Sean, you're pretty proud of your segue there, and I don't blame you because it was <laughs> quite good. Uh, yeah, Sean, so uh, in draw, I think it was men's draw three, uh, England, who I picked to get relegated, yeah, were awarded a win over Team Norway as their substitute player came in and threw with the broom that he understood to be assigned to him as a player, rather than with the broom of the player that came out of the game, which uh, is what should have happened according to the rules of curling. Rule C3, subparagraph G. Yes. Saying uh, that you have to take over the, the broom of the player that leaves the game, uh, and not doing so, the penalty is specified in that rule that the penalty is that the offending team will forfeit the game. Maybe a bit draconian <laughs> for, for my liking, but uh, it's definitely sparked a bit of a controversy. Yeah, okay, so, so let's actually get into the specifics of what happened here. So Norway is beating England, as you would expect, you know, as... As, as you guys said, you and Ryan said on the men's preview, with all due respect to England, they are not a threat to win this event. No. Like, no one's, no one's going to make that case. They are potentially a threat to make it to the world championship. They have to finish seventh or best to make it to the world championship. Yep. They are certainly capable of that. They have the talent to be able to do that. Uh, but they also are in a position where they could get relegated back to the B side. Exactly. That, that definitely could happen with this team. So every win for them matters. But they're playing Norway, Thomas Ulsrud, Stefan Wallstead, a team that is going to beat them 
what, 999 times out of 100 right now? Right now, yeah. And halfway through the game, it's the game is over, but they have to play eight, eight ends, ends yeah. because that's, that's the rule, and, and fine, that's the rule. And so Team Norway decides we are going to put in our fifth player, who is uh, Magnus. Yeah, Ned Groton. Who has played with Thomas Ilsrud forever. So he's not a rookie to... Not, not with Thomas Ilsrud, but he's played with Stefan Wallstead. Oh, excuse me, with Stefan Wallstead. So he's not a rookie to these sort of events no. at all, right? He knows how they work. And he plays with the broom that he has. Right. For the first couple ends. Each player has their own broom. You know, most of them nowadays have their name on it. Right. Uh, or at least the name of the team. But they all have their own. So he understands that I go in and I have to play with my broom because that's what I've been told. Sure. But things are different when you come in in the middle of a game. Yeah. So when you come in in the middle of the game, as, as Scott said, the rule states that you are supposed to play with the broom head of the person who you're replacing. It doesn't necessarily have to be the full broom. If you snap out the head and put the head into your broom, that's fine. That's fine. It's really the, the argument that exists for why this rule is there is that if you bring in a fresh broom head in the middle of the game, it could create an unfair advantage to that team. So they don't want that to happen. You don't right. want to replace a player so that you can get a fresh brush head in the game. Right. Right. Like you. In theory, then, you could bring in a pinch sweeper, right. you know, for the last end or something. And right. that's not – they don't want that to be uh, something that teams can do. No. So, okay, so Magnus comes in, he uses his broom, and what is controversial here, amongst a lot of other things, is that the officials, according to Team Norway, identify the error. Yes. And say that – oh, actually, you should be playing with this broom. And for the next couple of ends, Magnus plays with that broom. Yeah. So they finish the game. Norway wins. Afterwards, the World Curling Federation determines that because the broom was used illegally... Or... It, not, illegally sounds so strong. Um, the... the the broom regulations were not adhered to that as a result, England wins the game. So if you look at the results that were tweeted out by the World Curling Federation, every other game in that draw has the score. For the England-Norway game, it just says England wins. So it's England W, Norway L. Yeah. And Stefan Wallstead puts out a lengthy Facebook post about what happened, uh, talking about how he didn't think this was particularly right. A lot of players, including Ben Hebert, um, Brent Lang, talk about how this is kind of against the spirit of the role. And we'll talk about spirit versus letter in a bit. But it, it has really created this discussion now, Scott, about one, what is this rule intended to do? And two, is this penalty just given the reality of the situation. I, I think those are the two main issues that are in play right now. Yeah, those, those are the issues that are in play right now. I, I agree there, Sean. I agree. I've been 
trying to find some comment from the English team on what happened. We, we know, as you said, that uh, Team Norway has come out strongly against it. Other curlers, as you mentioned, have come out strongly against it. My, my question to you is, while this is in line with the, rule, the, the rules on the book, uh, I always say to you, like sometimes they'll make it an illegal left turn, and you say, hey, what are you doing? Right. I'll go spirit of the law versus right. letter of the law, Jean. Spirit versus letter. And one of the things that Stefan Wallstead identified in his uh, lengthy post was that the, at the beginning of the rule book, it says uh, all rules shall be interpreted uh, with the spirit of the game of curling in mind. Yes. Which is basically like, these rules don't matter. <laughs> uh, you can take them for what you will. So in the sense of spirit versus letter... The letter of the law says Norway loses. The spirit, yes. the spirit of the law says, oh, they, f- they made a mistake and they fixed it, and it didn't really affect the outcome of the game. Yep. It was already not in doubt. So... Yeah, so the, at the time of the substitution, it was 8-2 to two for Norway. Yeah, there you go. Like, and then England played the, the rest of the ends up to eight ends. Yep. The same way, and conceded the game after after eight eight. ends. Yeah, only to be later told, "Oh, actually, you guys won, so you're the ones that have to buy the beer." <laughs> yeah, they, that probably wasn't in their team budget, so they might not have been happy about it. But but here's the thing: so uh, so yes, yeah, so the the letter of the rule says that you have to use the brush head of the player you're replacing. I understand that rule; that makes a lot of sense, given that. We had all this discussion about broomheads over the past couple of years, what the rules should be, directional sweeping, all that stuff. There was unanimity amongst the governing bodies, the players, yeah. and I think the fans, that the brush heads that were used were really hurting the game. That yeah. I think Brad Gushu said it best, where he said, the game should be determined by how good the thrower is that it, if you could get anybody out there and literally anybody, anybody to throw the rock and that the sweeping can direction it to where you want to go, almost like a video game controller. Yeah. And if you, if you have a chance and if you haven't yet, if you just go on YouTube and look at some of the national research council footage yeah. of what people can do. And these are now, at the club level, it doesn't matter as much because we're not as strong or as good as these guys. Right. But the Gushu team participated in this, and Brett Gallant did some stuff that you should not be able to <laughs> do with a curling stone by sweeping it. Some witchcraft. Yeah. Like, it went against the laws of physics, of physics what he was doing. Yeesh. Right. So th- those things, yeah. Like, the rule makes sense. And because... The, the, the material that is used, you want to make sure that everything is fair. And, you know, we saw at the Continental Cup when we talked to Team Cooey uh, in London a couple of years ago, Mark Kennedy said that every one of their head brushes after every game, they had a deal, I think, with the University of Alberta, but I could be wrong in that, to do some research on the brushes after every game. So mm-hmm. they were taking the, head, the the brushes off, 
and they were doing research on how much the threads were damaged during the game, how effective were they at the end of the game versus the start of the game. They, right. they, they were doing real research on it. So the rule makes sense, and I get it. Yeah. But <laughs> when you're up eight to do, you bring in a sub to give that individual reps to make sure that they have a sense of what the ice is and to throw. And the, th- the thing that really bugs me about this one is that the officials identified it and they made the change. There is obviously no advantage that Team Norway is trying to get from this substitution. Right. Excuse me. There's no advantage that they're trying to get from not changing the brush heads yeah. in this situation. The game is in hand when the infraction takes place. Right. That is what is troubling about this. And that is what we we're, we're talking about here at the club. That, as you said, at the start of the rule book, it says at the front page, spirit of the rule, right? Like these rules are to be interpreted within the spirit of the sport. And if the spirit of the sport is supposed to be, you know, congeniality and, and fun and you're out there, you're competing. Yes, it's serious. You want to win. But and I don't want to throw England under the bus. We haven't heard from them. I have no idea what their perception is. I understand their perspective for not saying anything because I have no idea what they could say that would be right. But the World Curling Federation looks horrible in this. Yeah, yeah. I've, I found one thing that English Curling has put on their blog Okay. about English Curling. It said, or it says, Today the team played Norway and the result was recorded as a win for England. You can read the WCF statement here with a link. That's it. Right. That's all they said. The team hasn't tweeted anything. Uh, English Curling hasn't tweeted anything. Uh, the, the WCF statement basically just says Norway, rule. Norway uh, made an infraction of this rule and thus forfeit the game. Uh, it seems super cowardly for the WCF to not come out with anything. England, I understand. Right? Why do they need to put their heads in like above the water and just to get shot off, right? They're like, in a no-win situation. No. And to, well, no, they're not. They're in a literally one-win situation. <laughs> they, they won, yeah. And, and for them, like, I don't blame them taking the win, right? They're, they have to. They're fighting to, to try and stay up in the A pool. Yeah. Fighting to make a world championships appearance. Yep. Uh, so, like, no fault to them for taking this win. None. None. But, but if, if they are the ones that, identified the rule violation and told the umpires about it, that makes sense, right? Then it makes sense that, okay, the non-offending team identified something uh, and as a result, a penalty was applied. If the officials just like, like if the officials hadn't said anything, I, I don't think England would have raised it. No. As an no issue, chance. right? Like, no. So, so like where's the advantage to the to the WCF officials going up to the team and saying, "Hey, by the way, yeah, you're in violation of a rule." If if you're just going to penalize them anyway, right? And I think the thing that's weird about this rule, and, you know, our our friend Megan, who we play with, she's a lawyer, so she pointed out that the rule is clear that yes, you should be playing with the broom of the person who you're replacing. Mm-hmm. What is less clear though is that every player has to declare their broom. At the start. So if, if I'm the alternate and I've had to declare a broom, 
you, think you would naturally assume that I have to play with that broom because the rules are such that you play with your broom. Right. So there, there's two rules that are somewhat in conflict here. But I think the larger issue that is at play is that I think, Scott, that the World Curling Federation and to a lesser degree Curling Canada, they have turned over the rules to a large extent to the players. Yeah. And I have no problem with that. If you look at the sweeping rules as they are currently constructed with the mustard yellow head that you have to use, mm-hmm. they were done in consultation with the elite level players. And, and that is probably the way it should have been given the situation that we saw. And I, I can't help but think that the World Curling Federation here is trying to flex its muscles for some reason and trying to say that, you know, we, we are still in control of this. And that, that's the only possible explanation that I can think of, given, again, that the rules state that the spirit is supposed to override the letter. Sure, sure. And, and when Rachel Holman, you know, took the stone off because it was burnt and, you know, everybody was up in arms a bit about that, I said, because I remember what I say <laughs> 90% of the time, I said, well, yeah, that's the, that's the rule. She's allowed to do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you don't have to like her. But, but in that sense, it's a player enforcing that rule. Yes. Right? And, and I know we've talked a little bit in the past about you don't want to put players in the situation where they're having to make a call that is sort of against sportsmanship, for lack of a better word, uh, because it is the right rule and it benefits their team. Right. But they're entitled to do that. What what you don't hear about all the time is, like, WCF are going to take rocks off for hogline violations, but basically that's it. Right. And I think it's different, too. Like, when, when we saw at the Canada Cup last year with the timing rules, and I might be the only person in the world who actually kind of liked those timing rules, mm-hmm. but when Ben Hebert is yelling at the official for, oh, you're coming out to take this rock off. Like, there was a timing. And, and yeah, the timing might have been messed up. But if you're at zero when you're throwing the rock, that rock should be taken off. Yeah. And that shouldn't be on the other team to point that out. There is a place for the officials. Sure. The place for the officials is not in an 8-2 game. Saying you Over forfeit. a broom violation. Like, yeah. that, that's not the place of it. And, and you know what? And I'm, I'm the last person in the world. Like, in a, in a hockey game, when there is a penalty with 45 seconds left in the third period of a tie game, and everyone's like, you can't call that now. And I'm like, why? It's a penalty. It's a penalty. For this one, though, it, doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. No. That no. the penalty for an honest mistake in a game that was not in doubt yeah. is that you lose the game. It doesn't. It just doesn't sit well. The the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. Right. And again, I understand England's case. As we record, they're tied at one and four with the Netherlands and Russia. And I believe the Netherlands beat England. Right. So they so. they are in a situation where they're fighting for their lives here. Sure. To stay in the A. Maybe even to make it to the world championship. If they make it to the world championship because of this, with all due respect to Jonathan and to English curling, I hope they go over <laughs> and don't score any points. Like, again, but it's not their fault. 
and I get it. Yeah, and I yeah, get yeah. that it's not their fault. Yeah. It's it's the World Curling Federation that they they've absolutely like this is just it, it's wrong, I think. And you know what the thing is that because the players have so much power at this point. You know, th- this isn't the early 2000s when Kevin Martin is saying, I'm not playing in playdowns, I'm not playing in the briar mm-hmm. as we try to get the Grand Slam going. The play- the players have power now. The governing bodies have sure. given it to them. The way in which, certainly in Canada, Curling Canada has yielded to the players in terms of certainly the sweeping regulations. Mm-hmm. They have also yielded to the players on the format of the Briar and the Scotties with some compromises. I think there are some players who would say, get rid of the North entirely. Yeah. But in general, they, they have compromised with the players on those formats. They have completely yielded to the players in terms of how the Olympic trials are done. Those are 100% governed by how the players want to want to do things. If the players there in Sweden right now said to the World Curling Federation, we're not playing unless you change this result and Norway gets the win, the World Curling Federation has no other recourse. They can't. Like, no, it, you're right. Like, if the teams are in the locker room and saying, yeah, you got these TV partners, you got all these people who have yeah. paid for tickets – we're not all, going out. all these people. Like, I don't know how many people are actually there in Sweden. Well, but t- Twine Time will be there. So, but if you're not like we're not playing unless you change this, the World Curling Federation has no other choice than to change it back. the The players have power in this situation. Again, I understand why certain teams would not want to push on this issue. Right. But if they wanted to and collectively determined that this was wrong, this was the, the wrong enforcement of the rule, they could actually probably change it back. Well, I mean, Team England, if they really wanted to get rid of the win, like, they, they could be the ones that say, no, like, come on. They were, they were beating us down. But obviously they're not going to do that, and I understand why, right? Why should they do that? Yeah, they have they, no incentive to. No, and I, and no. I really don't think they should, so... Uh, so that's what we're left with, with uh, Thomas Olsrud likely not making the playoffs. I think they're sitting at two, two and three. Two and three as we record, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, well, whatever. No big deal. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that that's sort of the hubbub. That's, I think, it, it's, like, I, there's no right answer to this. Like, as we said, Team England's in an absolute no-win situation. Mm-hmm. I will officially, though, lodge my protest on the bad beer bet, that if this costs us a point in that competition, I am not drinking the bad beer. <laughs> or at least we have to talk about it. Or at least we'll make it not quite so bad. Yeah. Pick your worst, and we're taking a step up from the worst. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Two stars know. or higher on Untapped is. Yeah. Like, yeah, so maybe it's because I feel personally aggrieved, <laughs> potentially, by this. I mean, I it's just because I picked England to go down. Like, maybe it should just be on me. But this isn't your fault. Yeah, either. you're right. You're right. And again, yeah, like, like I, I don't want anyone to construe this as a criticism of English curling no, or, no, or no, those no, guys no, there because no. they have. I, I I don't know what I would do. Yeah, and they like, have no really incentive don't. to talk about it. Like no. none at all. And, and I understand their silence. So yeah. So uh, so so there you have it. That's sort of what's been going on at the European Curling Championship. That's obviously the main story that's come out of it so far, and. It's a rule that, by the letter, makes sense. I understand why it exists. 
the enforcement of it in this case feels wrong. And I think that's where we where we sit on it. And you know what? Thomas Ulzrud and Stefan Wallstead, even if they were three and two right now, they would be nip and tuck to make the playoffs. Oh right? yeah. Right. So so I I don't think it necessarily affects them really all that much. Team England, it could potentially, when we come down to it, they have to beat Russia, really, uh, at this point. Maybe Denmark. I, I haven't seen their schedule in terms of who they've played so far, but they have certain games that they had to win. But the math for them at the start of the week isn't really that different from what it is right now. No. With no. this win, it's a bit of an advantage, Sure, certainly, compared to the teams that they're competing for who probably won't beat Norway. But if they lose to the teams who they need to beat in order to stay up, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. So in, in the grand scheme of the world, it doesn't really doesn't matter. In the grand scheme of this event, it, pro, it, it really won't determine too, too much in all likelihood. It is, though, just a scenario where the World Curling Federation seems to have gone against its own rules in terms of spirit versus letter. Yeah, I, I agree there, Sean. Uh, so what you're saying is I can make all the uh, illegal left turns I, I want as long as there's no oncoming traffic? As Jerry Seinfeld said on his first appearance on The Tonight Show, one of the greatest traffic signs in the world is is left turn, okay. <laughs> you know, we're not crazy about you making the left it's okay. It's okay if you do. If you do it, you know, just go ahead and do it. Um, so, so I mean, yeah, I, I agree with what you said, Sean. Why don't we touch briefly on how things are going so far? Sure. I, I know we're going a bit long, but yes. uh, I looked at the rest of England's scores. They lost by one to Germany. They lost by one to Switzerland. So they're they're in the fight. Yeah, they're they're playing well, right? Really, uh, and there's there's not much to really be critical of them as a team you know they're playing teams that are again at the very least have a better pedigree than they do at these competitions and they're they're playing competitively Mm -hmm. so all credit to them overall uh, Nicholas Adin has not lost yet he's been running through the field Uh, Switzerland is four and one as we record and then we have a big clump at three and two and two and three for those last two spots. But the, the cream of the crop is sort of rising as we expected. Yeah, and I, I would point out, like, I, I talked about Switzerland, how they played a lot of events. Uh, their, their sort of analytics numbers look really, really good. Uh, but I couldn't bring myself to not pick Nicholas Adin, so that's why I didn't pick Switzerland. Uh, but I'm not really surprised by, by how they're going so far. Yeah, so so far so good there. On the women's side... Uh, as Jonathan and I talked about on the episode we did, there's sort of the, the tiers, and there's four teams that were really the class of the field, yeah. and they have emerged as the class of the field with Russia, Scotland, Switzerland, and Sweden all being 4-1 and one so far. Everybody else is fighting for fifth place at this point. It's unlikely, I think, that anybody else makes the playoffs. Of course, these teams will give each other a couple losses at this point, but overall, nothing too, too surprising. The... Real mm-hmm. argument right now, or the real thing to watch is going to is who's going to go down, go down yeah. because everyone else is at either two and three or one, one and four. four. So, what happens there is going to be quite interesting. 
Uh, I will say, though, that uh, Switzerland and Tiranzoni getting the win over Hasselberg early in the week, yeah. that game, from what I saw, was really well contested. Not quite at the level of what we saw at the World Championship in the gold medal game last mm-hmm. year, but you know what? <laughs> Sign me up yeah. for these two teams playing each other in games with stakes. The, the, it wasn't even quite as close as the score would indicate, right? It, it seems like... Uh, I think it was like an eight to five or something, but uh, it was a lot closer game than that. Uh, Sweden was making good shots, and yep. you know Switzerland. Alina Pats is one of the best four, thro- four stone throwers in the world, yep. and uh, just happened to go through doing well uh, quickly. Looking at the tier two or the the yeah. B the B group, what do they call it? Yeah, B B. Okay, uh, we see Finland on the men's side. Finland. Uh, at 3-0 and in Group A, and Poland at 3-0 and in Group B. Uh, so, you know, nothing too, too surprising. We got the Czechs in at 2-1. and uh, Their Belarus may be a bit surprising at 3-1, and but uh, they're quite a good squad as well. So still early in the event there. And on the women's side, only one pool. Yes. Uh, England started at 3-0, and sitting at 3-2 and right now. We've got Italy and Turkey both sitting 5-0. and do you remember your picks? Yes, uh, Hungary and Italy. So uh, Italy, I'm looking good at at five and zero there. Hungary is in the mix there in that group at three, three and, two, and two, looking for those playoff spots. I think the key, obviously, the key for me is that I need the uh, Hungarian team to finish third and the Italian team to finish first, or second and fourth, or like I just need to be on opposite, opposite side of the draw, the, yeah. uh, obviously, to to go up. But certainly, I'm looking good at this point with Italy. Right on. So uh, so there you have it. So that is our, our reaction to the broom situation over there at the European Championships. And again, just a little asterisk there on the picks at this point. If we need it to be there, it's like a baseball team protesting. Yeah. Where if we lose, we're protesting. If we win, we're cool. Uh, we're cool. We're good. <laughs> um, so, uh, so there you have it. Let us know what you think. About, yeah, please, the, yeah. uh, about the sweeping rules and the situation, not just with the European Curling Championship, but broadly in terms of are these rules being effective? Are, are they doing what they need to do? Uh, because I think this is a case where we might see some nuance in this rule once we yeah. get to the summer. So, uh, so let us know what you think. And you can reach out to us uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. You can email us at Game of Stones Podcast at Gmail. Dot com. You can find Scott at Scott Likes TV, and I'm at Dr. Shawnee Fever. And our website, Sean. Yeah. Up and, up and running. Big news. Uh, www.gameofstonespod.com. <laughs> uh, Go check it out. You can listen to the episodes there. Uh, there's a couple of things. Our tweets are all posted there. You can follow yeah. us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, email us. You can find all the links there. Yeah. Game and, of Stones and once we get into the season of champions which we have not yet not reached not yet gotten there uh we're going to be doing some stuff with the blogs too and, and some fun stuff there uh you know i live blogged a day at the continental, continental cup. cup in vegas last year i think we'll do the same thing at the briar this year certainly because yeah. we're going to be at the briar right. and uh we might have some fun stuff for the canada cup too which i'm very excited about the mm. canada cup tsn is running commercials for the Canada Cup. Yes, I'm a excited. Of, a lot of Brendan Botcher in those commercials. Just, Brendan Botcher is the new Brad Gushu <laughs> for TSN, it appears. <laughs> um, but yeah, so certainly check out the website as well. And if you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show. Wherever you get your podcast, 
and like and rate and do all that stuff. Share the show, help grow it, and, and help more people find the show. And if you're unsure of what we're talking about with the European Championships, we did do the crossover with our friends at Rocks Across the Pond. Scott went over on Rocks Across the Pond with Ryan to do a full preview of the men's fields, and Jonathan hopped on our podcast with me to talk about the women's fields. So you can certainly check those out if you want to get a sense of who's in this field and what our expectations were at the start of the week. So we're going to try and set something up Later this week, once the event is over, we'll talk about what happened. I think we're going to maybe try to work out something with those guys, get them on ours or us on them, whatever it'll be, and we'll talk about the results of the European Championship. And then we'll be back with you for another full episode next week talking about all the things in the world of curling. But until then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern.